Greetings to everyone. Welcome to another edition of Churches Changing. And I'm Paul Nixon. And I'm here with my friend Justin Kaysen. Justin is back. He was on this podcast last summer and talking about his work as a online pastor based in Monticello, Indiana. Justin, welcome back. Happy to be back, Paul. Thanks for having me. Your ministry has a different twist than most. And for those of us who may not have heard the conversation last summer, tell us a short version. What do you do? What's your thing? Yeah, so I am an online campus pastor of a local United Methodist church. So what that means is, is anything that you would think of for an offline campus, kind of the 99% of all the churches in America, the United Methodist churches, anything that an offline campus would do, we try to do online. So we gather online, we worship online, we pray together online, we serve online, and we do those type of things together in an online setting because we believe that online community is real community and that the spirit can still move through pixels. So that's kind of where we are and we're willing to do anything short of sin to innovate and reach people for Jesus. So yeah, that's what I do. So the spirit moving through pixels, is that what they are? Or pixels? Yeah. Yeah. Pixels, yeah. pixels, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Gifts and gifs, whatever you want to say it is. There we go. All right. We think the Holy Spirit can move through all of it. <laughs> now you have been involved with a team that I have sort of been the spearhead with. It's a team sponsored by Discipleship Ministries that it's a part of a project known as Innovators Greenhouse. We started working together last summer. That team over this course of this year has created a thing that I guess you'd call a heat map. We've done that in partnership with Mission Insight, which is a demographics resource for ministry. You've been involved with this. Tell us a little bit about the heat map. What's that about? And what are we mapping? Yeah, I think that's the important part is the what are we mapping portion, right? So the heat map is a map that shows the hot spots for innovation across the United States and across the world eventually. In, in particular right now, United Methodist context where people are innovating, where they're doing new things, different things to reach people for Jesus Christ and to bring people in relationship with each other and with God in a deeper way. So in this idea, the heat map, just like you would look at a map to see the different I don't know, Cracker Barrels on your route, wherever you're going. My family loves to eat Cracker Barrel breakfast. We would look and see where those things are, right? The heat map shows you where in the country, as long as people have put them on there, innovative things are happening, who's doing them, and how you can get in contact with them to create a better networking opportunity. And I think within that heat map, I think there's even ways that people tag their projects or their ministries with certain designations so that if you're doing, say, a dinner church in Indiana— and you might want to know who else is doing that out there. You can find what else is going on kind of in your in your stream of ministry, see what other people are up to. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. So the tags actually give us this opportunity to say, okay, um, for instance, my contacts, I'm in Monticello, Indiana. It's a rural community. So if you want to see how other people are doing innovative things in rural communities and you click the rural tag, you will see my ministry and say, oh, wow, that's something that can happen in a rural area. Oftentimes when I work with people and talk about the online ministry we're doing, they assume we're in some downtown metropolis area, you know, some larger city. Our population is less than 5,000, really a lot smaller than that. That's kind of the county. So, yeah, it's interesting to be able to have those tags, you know. So we're digital ministry. We're rural ministry. And that's kind of our, our main tags. But also we do some fresh expression things like our ministry. Um, we're doing stuff of virtual reality right now. So that's part of that tag opportunity. So. If you're coming in and let's say that you're in rural Kansas and you're trying to figure out what is other things that are innovative that people in 
other places across the country in rural settings are doing, you go in, you click rule, you see what that looks like across the country, not just in your state. And you can see what areas you can partner and network together, where you can learn from and how you can grow. Okay. So let's say that I'm in Southern California and let's say that I just have a vision and a connection with Taco Bell and I want and I do a network of Taco Bell churches, you know, free advertising for them. And so how would I get my Taco Bell church on the heat map? Yeah. So we made that really, really easy. All you have to do is go to heatmap.church. That's the URL for it. And there's a register button front and center. The first thing you see really. And we are asking for innovators to register the ministry that they're doing, uh, select the tags that they're they're going with, and what best describes their ministry. And then we have a team that is going through those proposed options to make sure that they are indeed innovative. You know, I think sometimes we think something is innovative because in our church context, it's new, but it's, it's really innovative in the grand scheme of Methodism or the grand scheme of church planning, the grand scheme of all these things that we're involved in, right? So we do have a group that vets some of those and they'll let you know if you're, if it's a no, why it's a no, and how we can make sure that we get the fullness of what you're trying to do, that, that it wasn't just a typo that caused that to not happen. But yeah, so you register. Um, someone reaches out to you and lets you know, hey, you're on the map. You know, you can check it out now. You can go on there and see yourself. You can see other ministry areas and you can even message each other, email each other from the heat map website. So if you want to learn more about digital ministry, you can hop on there, find me, email me directly for through the through that thing so that you and I can be in connection and now we're networked, you know. So that's kind of the focus of it. Now, why in the world are we going to the trouble to create a heat map? I mean, is it just so we can see how many cool things are going on in Indiana, how much, how many little green dots there are there. Or what's, why, why are we doing this? Yeah, I mean, that's part of it, to be honest with you. I think in this season of, you know, schism, and there's so much pain in that area, right? It's good to see that there is new life. And that's what we made at Leafs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this new life is popping up across the country and that that's happening not just in these certain areas where you think it should be happening. It's happening in rural communities. It's happening in Indiana, Kentucky. It's happening in Kansas. It's happening in California. It's across the country. So that's one reason is it's good to just see that new things are happening. But also, and I, I dealt with this when I launched our online campus, there was a limited amount, even though... We did this a year removed from from the original COVID pandemic that hit and shut us down. There still wasn't a lot of information out there. There wasn't any real clearinghouses of information on who you should talk to about digital ministry. So I kind of had to figure a lot of stuff out on on my own. And then when I went to the Innovator Greenhouse, I met my buddy Raymond, who does The Well, which is an amazing digital ministry. I mean, I get to be a part of that here, so I'm really excited about it. But we would have never met, never crossed paths had it not been for Innovator Greenhouse. And we talked about that of, man, what if we could partner in this way instead of having to stumble upon each other? What if I could find other people who are doing ministry in the same vein that I'm doing and actually just get to know each other that way? Because innovators want to talk to other innovators. We want to see what other things are going on out there. Not that we can just copy it. That's not the goal either, but so that we can know and be aware of what's happening and say, you know, that doesn't fit my context, but that could. And let's see how we can modify that. So Really, it's an opportunity for us to share best practices, to see what's happening on the emerging edge of ministry. The church has had a hard time for many, many years now of having a slow loading time when it comes to new technology, innovation. You know, we're always kind of one of the last people to know. 
oftentimes innovation in the church starts in the youth area because in, in youth group and children's ministry, those spaces, we oftentimes see people who are willing to push the envelope because they need to be relevant to youth and children in their current realities. Uh, the church sometimes is slower on that uptake. So we hope the heat map is an opportunity for us to get faster on that and be on the front end. You know, I have been in the world of church development and ministry startup for almost 30 years. So I get around and I hear stories and I probably know an example, an example of just about anything, but often it's the same example. And if someone asks me who else is doing this, I'll throw out that example or another one. But this is so much more comprehensive. And after 30 years in this world, there is so much more going on that I can figure out. There's more going on than any of the church development staff can figure out. And yet, right now, we don't know what's happening across the annual conference line in most cases. I constantly am amazed when I see someone in one annual conference and someone literally this week, 10 miles away in another annual conference, and the ministries are so parallel in so many ways, and there's almost no knowledge. 10 miles away because a river and an annual conference line runs between two places. And so this really can help to sort of broker knowledge to everybody. And you don't have to ask your whoever, you know, the the local expert who's going to be limited in their anecdotal knowledge. This kind of opens up. You can really begin to find out what's going on out there. Yeah. And I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier. You've been so involved in this area and you could name someone off, but I don't always have access to a Paul. And I have an amazing development officer in, in Indiana. His name's Ed. He is phenomenal. But there's just not enough time in the day for our church developers to to have a Rolodex of everything that's happening in their church and then all get together and compare Rolodexes and connect people that need to be connected. You know, one of the things that, that has happened in our connection, you know, we call that United you know, Methodist Church, we have this connection, this network of churches that's supposed to really unite us. In some ways, it actually divides us because everybody's connected into their own little networks, um, not into the global network. So what this does is it lets us bypass some of those spaces that would filter or throttle the sharing of information. We get to bypass those things and instead go directly innovator to innovator. So we have a broader scale and it can scale larger without having to be slowed down by those connections, which are just by their nature, not good at processing and delineating information, right? So I think the key aspect is is that when you go into heatmap.church and you find the churches that you're looking for, and maybe you go on there and you look for something, you search for it, and it's not there. Then you think, wow, maybe this is an idea that could be new. I wonder who's adjacent to this area then. And you go and find, you know, well, I could talk to this person, and they might not have this idea yet either. We can work together on it. Collaboration and working together on an idea is the key to making these ideas that go not just uh, flashes in the pan, but actually transform the kingdom of God. You know that we can actually move forward into how we're we're bringing that good news out into the world. So I think that innovation and collaboration is the key to us moving forward in this season and in all seasons as a church. Now, about the time that this podcast is dropping public, there is a gathering going on in Denver of church planters and innovators from around the United States, and there will be probably 175 practitioners there. Amazing networking. People will be discovering all this stuff. But not everybody can get to Denver or can drop the $1,500 that probably by the time of airfare and Uber and hotel room that that's going to cost. You know, this is sort of another way of networking. And networking is good. 
networking is its synergy. It's it's advancing the rate at which we can help to discover new ideas and build on top of what each other is discovering. It's exciting. There's a lot going on in Methodism right now and beyond, I will say. But it would seem to me that this platform could be a real opportunity for us to to connect. Yeah. I would even say, Paul, uh, one of the things, you know, we go to some conferences and I, I, I'm a conference junkie. I love conferences. I love going and meeting new people and checking out new spaces. I'm a big fan. But so often those conferences leave me with an overload of programs that people have done, but not any connection point to be connected to those people who have done them. You know, I saw this person on stage, give this amazing sage conversation, um, but that was in their context. And you know, I, I heard a saying once that you can't always trust the leader to lead how they said they led in the book, right? So you can read all these leadership books and they're like, oh, this is how I lead my team. You talk to somebody on the team and they're like, that's not at all my experience. And that's, you know, they, they say they do this thing, but they really don't. I think what this allows us to do is person to person in the trenches of ministry, talk about real time. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. And I see you're doing something similar. Can we just have a Zoom together and and just talk one-on-one about the similarities and differences of what we're dealing with so we can grow and be better. And I don't think, you know, even at, at the event you're going to be at, I think it's more focused on the networking aspect for those innovators and planters. But I think those relationships are huge in not only innovation, but also in long-term ministry to be able to have those people that you're connected with that are also willing to do new things for the gospel. Um, it also helps us with the fight against burnout, right? So like the connection that you made at Innovators Greenhouse, you know, I'm still actively talking and conversing with the people that I met there about the future of ministry and how we're doing new things together. And that all happened from that networking opportunity. So be able to break down some of those walls and those illusionary walls, right, of annual conferences, of laity to clergy, of people who work in the church office versus people who work in the conference office, breaking all those things down and just saying, hey, we're people, we're all serving in ministry, we're all, you know, wanting, wanting to love people better. I think that allows us to do the work that we've been called to do in the connection of Methodism that's so often overlooked. To take it one step above that, it would seem to me, because this is going to be, I mean, you can put out whatever information you want to have out there, but if I am looking for people who are doing ministry in a certain style or model or what what have you, and I wanted to have, to, to create maybe a roundtable of peers to compare notes, or I had a special speaker that was coming in and I want and it was going to be a digital event or live, whatever. This would be a way you could find some like-minded folk that might be interested in continuing to explore ministry and development in a particular way. Again, without having to raid some database, I mean, you can you can work this for for good. Yeah, absolutely. And I have an example of that actually. A couple months ago it was announced that Altspace VR, which is Microsoft's version of the VR space, was closing in March. And virtual, our living room church in VR is a, a fresh expression that Michael Bett and Zachary Townsend started, I think a year ago now, that was housed in Altspace VR. So the question was, what's next? So Michael, knowing my ministry, reached out to me and said, hey man, I want you to be a part of this conversation. Reach out to other people because he knew who was in there. So we had a conversation in VR about what the next step was for us and where we were going to be moving. And that that's a conversation that if we would have waited for the arm of the United Methodist Church that would tell us the best option for us, right? 
we'd still be waiting. Or if we were waiting for a um, a, a bishop or a, a conference superintendent who I love to convene a, a group together and them to find the people that needed to get together and have that conversation, we'd still be waiting. Instead, it was just, hey, I know these people. They work in digital ministry. Let's all get together on a Zoom call and talk about it and figure it out. And it just makes it so much faster. And we're able to do ministry so much quicker and more connectional and collaborative because of that. So it's just amazing how we can able to, we're able to do that. I think the heat map helps. As long as I've been in ministry, I mean, going back to pre-digital times, pre-flip phone times, as long as I've been in ministry, I, I can tell you one thing that has not changed is innovation happens at the grassroots level. It typically does not happen at the agency level or the annual conference level. It's it's usually grassroots experimentation where the big ahas happen and we learn from one another. This is sort of about really empowering places that are experimenting and discovering to be able to share with their ministry peers and colleagues. Yeah. Pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Now, innovation, it's gotten to be kind of a buzzword, some would say, but it's a big deal in the 21st century. And I did not hear that much talking about it. Used to maybe, I guess, we in the 90s, we talked about cutting edge and all that. But innovation, it's a big deal right now. Why do we talk about it so much, you think? I, I think the reason, and this is just Justin's opinion, I'll speak well, for my church. Well, before I'm going to give a hot take here, Paul, so I want to make sure I'm, I'm protecting myself from my church, right? So Justin's understanding of this topic is this. The church in America, even though we've been in decline for many, many years, has still been in a seat of power and a, a seat of being able to have a, feed, a seat at the table in some of the biggest decisions in our country, right? I think for the first time, a lot of the old guard of the church realizes that that seat's slowly being taken away or is already gone. So I think there's this, this power dynamic that's happening to where there is some people who are trying to get innovation and trying to innovate what the church looks like because they're afraid of losing, losing that power. So that's the negative, ne- the negative Nancy aspect. But the positive aspect, I think, is we now have a generation of, of young people who are coming up who expect excellence, who expect kindness, who expect us to be social justice aware, and who expect us to be part of action. And those have not been things that have often been attributed to the local church. It's just not been the case. So in this need for innovation and growing in those ways, I think it's coming out of two areas. One, the power. The other is we're being held to a higher standard than before. No, I I was told in seminary that the church has always been this networking area where people come together because they have businesses in the community and they do different jobs in the community. It's networking and getting those connections. That's why, you know, we have Saddleback Sam, right? And those people who, who this is this is who we're looking for. Well, now it's not, I want to have excellent worship and a good sermon and a strong kids ministry. Those things are still there. I think some people want that. But people more so want to have an authentic conversation with someone about faith. They want to be challenged by scripture and by what Jesus says. They want to go deeper into the relationship with God and into the spiritual aspect, which we kind of got away from the spirit a little bit for a while there. And there's a great longing and yearning for the redemption that scripture provides that hasn't often been the the namesake of the church. You know, we very much so believe that God can change a person. I don't know if we believe anymore that God can transform a people group or a nation, or a state, or a city, any of that kind of stuff. So I think the church is now 
having to decide and show that we believe in these things, that we want it to happen. So that's kind of direction I think innovation is happening. It's because people are responding to this felt need that's in our in our communities. You know, Justin, I, I had the sense that we carry a lot of baggage with us, which is usually has to do with habits or practices that were culturally very appropriate, very savvy applications of the gospel to certain cultural contexts. And we carry that forward even after culture changes. And this isn't about doctrine or anything. It's about culture changes. It's about the way that we're more digital than we used to be. It's about the way that we are less institutional than we used to be and more sensitive about interactions and authenticity and whether we're getting sold a package, you know, and all that. All of this is constantly changing in culture. And so there are certain practices and habits we have that become off-putting or worse to new generations or cultures of people we, we try to reach. And so for me, innovation often seems like it's about taking away one of the assumptions or, 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 or just discarding one aspect of the baggage and then applying the gospel and what we understand about faith community in a new context, just with sometimes a slight change. But often it's as much about what we're leaving behind as what we're adding. Mm. You know, that we're we're suspending a particular assumption. For example, the assumption that we have to do worship between, you know, nine and noon on Sunday. I mean, even that's an assumption that so dominates in a lot of in a lot of places. Yeah. But we're full of these assumptions. They're endless. And we constantly culture is telling us with their feet that our assumptions are getting in the way of our work. Mm. And anyway, yeah. The innovators are constantly working and, and experimenting and showing us and showing themselves how ministry can work without certain assumptions or by or in certain new ways of thinking that can be so helpful and renewing for all churches, you know. So the heat map idea, it's kind of a neat thing yeah. to imagine that there could be hundreds of opportunities to to hear new twists on how we do the work, you know, from people all over the place from inner cities to rural to suburbs, north, south, all of it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, Christian innovation at its core is, I think we call it, it's finding hope and transformation and reconciliation through the Holy Spirit that reveals the gospel in the context of communities, practices, and beliefs in the connection. So I think that's the key is innovation finds that God is already moving in communities, in people groups. In spaces, God, then by the power of the Spirit, is already there, moving, and and the provenient grace is already going right. So I think innovation is really the process of seeing where God is already moving, and coming alongside that, and just saying, "Okay, God, we followed you. Now show us what to do." I think that's the key. And you said earlier the baggage portion. I think Kerry Nyhall said this. I think he said that the first thing the church has to say in the, in this next generation is, "I'm sorry." Because there is so many things that we have messed up, <laughs> that we have held on to too tightly that wasn't scripture. Those those cultural norms and those assumptions that we've made about what we should or shouldn't be doing. We gotta apologize because there's a lot of pain that the church has caused. And in that vulnerability of saying I'm sorry and apologizing, we can also say, Can you show us what you believe the Spirit is is calling us to do? Because we can't we can't continue to assume that God only speaks 
to those who are in the leadership positions at local churches or at the denominational level. God has never once been only speaking through the priestly class, right, <laughs> in, in, right. in the Old Testament or through the, the people that God's supposed to talk to, right, air quotes. But it's through it's through lady, it's through people, it's through those who are made in the image of God that God speaks. And I think innovation is really seeing where the Holy Spirit is moving in those communities and following the Spirit. And the heat map lets us see where that's happening across our country and across our world and then partnering together to do that. And I guess if we end up with 40 churches that are all all over the place or, or faith communities that are all meeting at Taco Bell, that Taco Bell could even become a field, uh, a search field, you know, w- within this map. Yeah. But all that is to say that right now there's going to be certain tags that you can look for to kind of see what people are doing. But as innovation advances and new new models emerge, it'll be a, a dynamic website, I would presume. Absolutely. And we have other in there as a tag. So if you if you choose the other tag, we're going to look in your description and content of who you are and what you're doing to see if it fits in a, a new tag area. If you're really on that cutting edge, we want to be able to identify that and be like, hey, Taco Bell is really rocking off right now. We got to get this tag on here because God is clearly moving through the Nachos Belgande and we need to be able to see that, right? So I think allowing that opportunity to say we don't have all the answers, we're willing to be open and, you know, and listen and learn. I think that's huge and a big part of our, our project. So to go back to the how-to on all of this, if you go to heatmap.church, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yes? Yes. So there's a big button at the top that says register if you want to register your church. And that's how you do it. You click it and it gives you prompts. It asks for your location, your online presence, a description for your ministry and a contact person. There's not a whole lot. It's not super invasive. You know, it's less, if, if you're United Methodist, it's not your charge conference paperwork that we're asking for. <laughs> we're just asking for some pretty standard information so people can get to know you and who you are. And then at the bottom or underneath that register button, there's a map. It's, it's, it's integrated with Google. It's a Google map. And you can just, at the bottom of that, there's a text. You can take the tags off you don't want. And you can find, and there's also a search function where you can search a keyword that you're looking for. Let's say you want to look for churches who are doing things in Twitch. You just search Twitch, and if they've put that in their description, it'll show you what churches those are. And that's how it'll work. So it's it's pretty easy. It's it's not flashy. There's not a lot of uh, flashing lights and uh, and you know beeping sounds. It's very much so built for those of us who don't have time to click through 47 different pages to find the information we want. And instead it's, it's built for those who have 30 seconds to look up another ministry and see what they're doing and email them. That's what we built it for. And I believe we also have a PDF instruction sheet that will be included in our show notes that people can pull down. Absolutely. But honestly, probably most of us are intuitive enough that we could just find our way. If we could just get to heatmap.church, we probably could figure the rest of this out. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, if you can order DoorDash, you should be good. Yeah, seriously. Well, it's exciting. I hope this thing grows. Yeah. And I hope it really becomes a, a major way, different way of networking across judicatory conference boundaries and helps us to really learn from one another. Yeah. And eventually, I think there is a hope that Presbyterians, Episcopalians, and others can also be a part of this thing as well. But right now, we're starting with United Methodists, and it's pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So it's Easter season. 
What are you most excited about in ministry right now with the work you're doing as pastor of an online campus? What's what's where's the what's really excited you lately? Yeah, so we've been doing a virtual reality church called Living Room Church in a horizon world, and we've seen people come in just with questions. And I, I think that's the that's my word for 2023, I think, is questions. I think the more opportunity and space we can provide for questions that can get an honest answer that's not, well, you just have to have faith. I think that is the key to ministry in the, in the year of 2023. That's key for wow. ministry. But we're having people just come in and just, they ask a question and they ask it boldly with the opportunity because they can easily log out, right? So it doesn't matter if people are angry at them, they have that that um, the ability, but we're able to sit in attention and answer hard questions and people are absolutely loving it. So I think that's the, the beauty of what's happening right now. You know, we see the resurrection of the early church when people would just gather together in homes and tell the story of Jesus and have questions about that story and see how it changed their lives. And I think we're just, there's nothing new under the sun. We're just doing those things in, in new spaces and new mediums, right? So that's what I'm excited about right now in ministry. I hear two innovations there. I hear one about VR and boy, that'd be fun to watch that unfold. But I also hear something about just making questions. Okay. And not trying to make church all about the, you know, the, the 1515 catechism that's a bunch of answers in search of questions, you know, starting with where people are and what they're digging for and what they're seeking and, you know, where they're scratching their head in life. That's. Yeah. I think Michael calls it dialogical preaching. The dialogue of a sermon conversation is huge. I think people, I think that's what, that's what online ministry allows us to do in some ways that in person doesn't, because could you imagine if someone in church just stood up and said, Hey, pastor, I have a question on what you just said. It would be like the most cringe moment. Pastors are not ready for that conversation just yet. And I don't think churches are either, but online, that's what we have the chat function for. That's what we have these opportunities built in. So I think that's the key of digital ministry is the question option. And that's where it's going to continue to grow. Justin, thanks for taking some time to be with us here on Churches Changing, and we will continue to watch you on the map. You'll be on the map, I'm sure, as it emerges. Yeah. And we'll be learning and listening, and and you will be learning and listening from, from some places and people that you never heard of, I'm sure, in the next few months as well. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. And friends, we thank you for joining us as well. Um, this is the Church is Changing podcast. It is a ministry of the United Methodist Church. Church is Changing podcast is a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Music is by Sanjay Singh. Visit all our podcasts at podcast.umcdiscipleship.org.